Dave and Ryan's movie review take 19 and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in 3, 2, 1. It's Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. Sponsored by Nobody. Dave and Ryan back with you for another week. Of talking about movies, and uh, you know, we went and saw another good one this week. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a bit. I thought it was good. I think you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot better than I ex- it was expected. Um, it's definitely not what it was advertised as. So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. But first, we got to go to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard. A place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. And the first thing that came up when I was looking this week, in fact, I I saw, you know, I heard like rumors and saw things about this. About a week or two ago, there was an article that came out last month. There's a PR firm named Bunker 15, and allegedly they were paying lower level critics to write favorable reviews on the Rotten Tomatoes website. All right. So here's what happened. Uh, They gave the example of the 2018 Daisy Ridley film Ophelia. And the initial reviews of the film were not good with a Rotten Tomatoes score of about 46 from the critic side. And you have to hit, I think it's a, I think they said it's a 60% threshold to be certified fresh. And then the firm went to work offering critics, but here's the deal. Man, they worked for cheap. $50 for a positive review. What was our check? I didn't, I would talk positively Come about on. a movie all day long for 50 bucks. Uh, it worked. It jumped to 62% and IFC Films picked it up. Wow. So that's why I, especially the critic score, when they come out with these things for Rotten Tomatoes, when like a movie comes out or a trailer comes out and you start looking at these critic scores, I, I'm always leery of a I, critic score. I'm not going to lie. I don't like Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's just a trashy website. And I, I know you use a lot of the scores and stuff like that. I, just me personally, as a, as a movie uh, person who's made films and stuff like that. Rotten Tomatoes is just like the tabloid magazine. Well, and, and like I said, that plays into this because I I always look at those and I look at the review scores and, and the critics score on them as, you know, uh, that's great. Critics, for the most part, love what they love and anything else that's semi-mainstream they hate. Yeah, Does that make sense you know, for the most I, part? I've been, you know, I've been on both sides now, uh, being a filmmaker and now being a critic. And I know that, you know, as a filmmaker, you absolutely hate critics because they don't understand your vision. And being a film critic, you're like, I don't understand his vision. <laughs> well, and that's why I put more I put more credence in an audience score. This is someone that paid their their money to go see this movie and either they really enjoyed it or they were disappointed in it. Yeah, so, so 
like when I when I look for scores, you know, I use IMDb because that's for you know that's made by filmmakers for filmmakers, and you know they they give a score of a movie. I don't necessarily always agree with it, but you know I I have that as the basis of the starting point. So be a little leery when you're reading um you know Rotten Tomatoes and looking at a critic score and saying, oh this movie looks horrible. I don't think I'll go see it. Go see it anyway. Yeah, Judge you it for might, yourself. You might like it. Judge for yourself. You're the one that's paying yeah, th- for there it. There's plenty of movies out there that get horrible scores. And I was like, I love that movie. Right? And one that's coming out that, you know, I know Ryan is overly excited to go see. In fact, we're going to talk about this one next week. <laughs> it is Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. Now, this concert film has sold more than $100 million in advanced tickets globally. Nice. I bought us t-shirts, Dave. We're, we're going to wear t-shirts. We're going to be Swifties we've for got, a day. We've got friendship bracelets. Friendship <laughs> is the power. I'm inviting Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah? I hope he shows up. I just want Taylor Swift to sing a song about me. She probably will. Yeah. The minute she meets you, she'll yeah. write a song she'll about like, you. She'll be like, I regretted this moment, the moment it happened. <laughs> and it's going to open in 8,500 theaters across 100 countries. Wow. And tickets are now available. You can buy them at your local theaters I predict and get those. Next week's number one movie is Taylor Swift. <laughs> wow. You're going to step out on that, bri- that ledge, huh? I'm stepping out on that branch. Okay. All right. Quick rundown of the top five at the box office this week. I don't think we'll, we won't need to do this next week then. Oh, well. We'll already know. We, we got to know who's number two, three, four, okay. and five. Okay. Number five, The Blind pulled in $4.3 million in their first week. Uh, the Nun 2, still going strong, $4.7 million. Horrible movie. $76.8 million over the total. And then the top three movies are all first week movies. And I'm a little disappointed in the viewing public because the creator came in third place. I know. This movie is amazing. You need to get out and see that one. And I'm even more upset because of what took two. Uh, yeah. Saw 10, Saw X, whatever you want to call it. I know it's Halloween, tis the season, but come on, people. $18.3 million. I understand number one, I though. do. I get that. Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, $22.7 million in its first week. So not a bad showing, but get out and see the creator. Come on. Go see that movie. That movie is fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, we, we've talked about this. You know, I think the reason why the creator isn't higher on the list is because it's a longer film. You know, Paw Patrol can have more showings during the day. That's true as well. That's true as well. All right. So now we've got to do the, one of our favorite parts of this whole show. It's time for an honest movie review. Welcome into another honest movie review. Today, we go back to 2016 for the comedy fantasy reboot of Ghostbusters, starring Melissa McCarthy. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Get out of my friend, Ghost! Ow, that's gonna leave a mark! The I saw this movie on an airplane and still walked out. I can't wait to speak with you again next week. Okay, I I don't know if I should be offended. I, I'm not sure. We're going to let that one lie. Think about it for a little <laughs> while. 
All right, so coming up today, we only are, we're going to only do a, a couple of segments. It's because our third segment is going to take forever. Yes. When we did this. Forever. So we, we're going to do the movie review coming up. We're going to review A Haunting in Venice. And then we're going to start our holiday horror battle royale. Yeah, October Madness. It is. It's October Madness, and we're going to break it down. We'll explain it all to you when we get there. But at the end of the month of October, we should have the one horror movie to rule them all <laughs> as far as Dave and Ryan's movie reviews are concerned. Does that yes, sound fair? Yes, one to rule them all. The one to rule them all. All right, so coming up, we're going to be talking about A Haunting in Venice. Stick around. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one. Action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it. So you're the first to hear about it. And this week, Dave and Ryan decided to take a trip to the theater to see a haunting in Venice. The sequel to Death on the Nile, it was released back in September. But due to a lack of new releases, our favorite duo thought they'd go see a movie that interests them. So let's see what Dave and Ryan thought about A Haunting in Venice, which is now playing and rated PG-13. Okay, so this is a movie that's been out for a minute. It has, it has. But we didn't get the chance to see it when it came out. And so we decided to go and see this one. And I will tell you what. I was very pleasantly surprised in uh, a haunting in Venice. Yeah, I I came into this, you know, thinking, oh, it's a horror movie; it's going to be bad. But it, I was pleasantly surprised. So we've got Kenneth Branagh, Tina Fey, Kelly Riley, Michelle Yeoh, and Mister Fifty Shades, Jamie Dornan. Who? Where has he been? Why do you always say that when you say? Because his name? that's the only way that people would know him. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> But where has he been? That's that's the other thing. He's been locked in the closet, apparently. It was a worldwide phenomenon when that movie came out, and now he's, like, gone forever. Uh, great thing about this movie, hour 43 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't that long, and it was still told a great story. Great story. So it all circles around Kenneth Branagh's character, Hercule Perrault, uh, the, the sleuth, the world's greatest detective. Batman may want to have some words with him yeah, about that. Yeah. However, from the Agatha Christie novels, this is uh, the third movie that he has played him in. We had Death on the Nile, and we also had Murder on the Orient Express. I loved both of those movies, but we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. Uh, it all centers around Kelly Riley from Yellowstone. You might know her from there. Yeah. It centers around her character had a daughter that committed suicide. And on Halloween, she's going to have a seance. Yeah, because that's the best time to that's have That's the best time. Everybody knows. And Perrault has technically retired in Venice. How convenient. Yeah, he's hiding from everybody. And Tina Fey shows up. She is an author who wrote books about him and tells him that he's only famous because of her. And they are they have somewhat of a friendship. Kind of. They're like, I wouldn't say frenemies, but they're like... They know each other. Like if they saw each other at the store, they you know they talk little, for they, a moment. They do a little head nod. They talk for a moment, and so she talks him into coming to the séance with her because he she wants him to watch the séance and try and debunk the whole thing. Yeah, is what it boils down to. Uh, reluctantly, he goes. There is a party going on at the the 
the house uh, before the seance occurs, and he uh, goes old, a bunch old orphanage, of, wasn't it? Uh, something like that. But there's a bunch of different children there and hanging out, having a good time, and all these. Where things. did all the children go? They left because the party ended. It didn't show that the chandelier fell, and then they were just gone. I don't know. Maybe they were all ghosts. Ooh, what so a twist. Anyway, <laughs> once the party ends, uh, Michelle Yeoh shows up, and she is a clairvoyant, a medium, whatever you want. Michelle Yeoh, of course, was the Academy Award winner for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The movie just came out yes, last year. Yes, go see Great that movie. movie. Great movie. Uh, she is in this movie, and she is the, the uh, clairvoyant, and she runs the seance. They have the seance, and he is on to her. Within the yeah, first probably not, 10 he's minutes. He's not buying it at all. He is on to her within the first 10 minutes. Don't give any spoilers. And, and debunks the whole thing. No. That's that's where it's, that's where I'm going to stop talking about it. Okay, this movie was one of those movies, though, quite honestly, for a suspense movie and a whodunit, you really don't know what's going on until the explanation 15 minutes before the film ends. Yeah, during the whole movie, you're like, that guy did it. No, she did it. No, over there, he did it. And you're just like, everyone did it. <laughs> That's right. It turns into the movie Clue. Yeah. But it was excellent. And like I said, I love these movies. I love a suspenseful movie. I love whodunits. I've loved every three, every single one of these movies in this series. And as you said, it was really marketed as more of a scary movie yeah the trailer with the the little girl and like who are you talking to you know wow a haunting in venice you know i thought it was going to be a scary movie and so i wasn't looking forward to it at all and it's not necessarily a scary movie there are some jump scares in it yeah, and things there's like a that. little bit of jump scares but overall this is not a scary movie it's not but it is a good movie it nonetheless. is nonetheless it, it keeps you guessing, and that's those are the movies that I like. Anything that keeps you engaged and keeps you thinking through the whole thing, you know, you, you start to think that maybe maybe there is something going on, and maybe this is what's happening, and maybe this isn't what's happening. And at the end, you know, he figures it all out. So once again, for me, I really enjoyed this movie. I had to give this one four popcorn buckets out of five. It was a lot of fun. Great time in the theater. Great movie for this time of year. Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree. It's a great movie for this time of year. Um, for me, there there was a few things about the movie that I did not like. Uh, at the beginning part, um, when he first gets to the party, the way they lit the scene, they lit it by basically there's um, torches on the wall. So they use like the torches, natural light, and it flickered so much that it just, it just, I didn't get sick, but it made me a little nauseous from all the flickering. Um, and then there's a certain actress um, who happened, you know, to be on a TV series called 30 Rock, who was just horrible in this movie. She, her acting was so dry and just so it was like she phoned it in. Tina Fey did a horrible job. Well, here is the other part of that, too. And I just thought about this before we came in here. Maybe people will like the character and maybe they don't. If they don't like it, maybe it's because she's trying too hard to be funny. Yeah. You think that's what it was? The bird was funnier than her. Very true. <laughs> bird was hilarious. Very true. So yeah. what did you give this one? I gave this uh three and a half popcorn buckets out of five. This was a it was a good time. It really it was. was a good time at the theaters. Plays in perfectly for the time of year. Really good, uh, as I said, not a scary movie. There's some jump scares in it, but it's a movie that keeps you thinking. 
And when you were talking about the, the lighting and things like that, the other part of it is the backdrop is Venice. Yes. Beautiful scenes. Beautiful scenes. Beautiful pictures of, of being there and in that city. And so much, so much fun. This movie truly was. Yeah, so A Haunting in Venice. You can Venice. take the kids to. Really, you can. Really, you can. A Haunting in Venice. Go out and see this one. A great time at the movie theaters nonetheless. All right, coming up, we only have the the next segment, and it's a yeah, long one. It's a big one, but it's a good one. It is a good one. We went through, picked some scary movies, and we're going to have our October Madness. October Madness. Tournament bracket for the greatest Halloween movie or horror movie of all time. We've got we've got franchises in there. We've got standalones in there. We've got uh, you know, vampire movies. We've got all we tried to hit all the bases. Yeah. So we've got that coming up and it is the uh the horror movie Battle Royale coming up when we come back. All right, imbeciles. Everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. Oh, we've done this before, but not in this setting. It's the ultimate 16 movie bracket to determine Dave and Ryan's scariest movie. I'll give our favorite duo three minutes to decide their winner, eliminating one movie at a time out of a tournament-style debate. The only catch? These two hard-headed jerks have to agree on which one comes out on top. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, so in this one, we just kind of sat around and came up with with scary movies. Yes. Yeah. We all kind of got together and compiled this list. The thing about the list is then we took a list of 16 scary movies and we randomized them and put them into brackets. So it's going to be like a, a March Madness type bracket. And, you know... This could be a lot of fun. And at the end of it, if we can agree on anything, maybe we can come up with the the best scary movie for Dave and Ryan's movie review. Yeah. is that Does that sound fair? I, I guess. I'm not a big scary movie guy, but we'll see. Okay. You ready to get started? Let's do it. Let's do it. Released in 2004, Saw revolves around two strangers who awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there and soon discover their pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer. And its opponent? We go back to 1988. It's child's play. A struggling single mother unknowingly gifts her son a doll, which has been possessed by a serial killer known as Chucky. And action. All right, so I... Saw versus Chucky. Saw versus Chucky. What do you think? You know, uh, for me, I'm going to go with Chucky. I think it's a it's a more scarier movie than uh, Saw. I think the thing about Saw is it really started a whole big line of these movies that some people, as I was reading different things about Saw, people actually referred to it as torture porn. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much what it is, and that's what it boils down to. But they're the first one. I think they got away from it in the other ones. The first one had almost kind of a human element where it was like, you know what, you need to make the decision of who's going to live and who's going to die. Well, the first one, it was you You basically decide if you're willing to sacrifice a part of you or something to redeem yourself. And with Child's Play, you know, it was just it's just a murderous doll. And the funnier thing about Saul was people walked out of that movie going, I would have done this. I would have done that <laughs> instead. You know, things like that. Yeah. Where Chucky, 
Chucky kind of came out after, I mean, I lived through Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody thought that Teddy Ruxpin was going to take over. So I, I think at the end of the day, yes, this is an easy one for me. I'm going to go with Child's Play as well. All right, Child's Play it is. All right, Child's Play wins that round. Originally released in 1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about five friends who head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. On the way there, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house. Something sinister is within. And its opponent, a cult classic released in 1978, Halloween. Fifteen years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to a small town. And action. Uh, this one, for me, is pretty easy. I, I grew up watching, you know, like Halloween and, and Friday night, uh, or Friday, Friday the 13th movies. Never really could get into them. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for some reason terrified me and the other thing is is when it came out it was like one of those taboo movies almost that you didn't watch you know people were people kind of talked about it but you didn't really watch it so for me this one i've got to go with the texas chainsaw massacre it's it's there are so many different like serial killers rolled up into that movie i mean you've got ed gein you've got um, you know, like a, a great, you know, you've got a cannibal story. What what more do you need? Yeah, Texas Chainsaw scare, uh, Massacre is scary, you know. But I, honestly, I have to go with Halloween. i got to go with Michael. You know, he's he doesn't say anything. He, you know, he's he's uh, he's more of the silent killer than, you know, the I'm going to chase you with a chainsaw. That's honestly a little unrealistic, him running around like that and not, you're not killing himself with the chainsaw. But you bring that up, and there were times in that movie that he surprised people, and, and they knew what was coming. Yeah. So, like I said, I I just... I, You know, there, there, there's a commercial out there that perfectly sums up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's it's a story where the, like the stupid teenagers, instead of getting in the car and driving away, they hide behind the chainsaws, or they run into the cemetery, and the the murderer is just like, oh, you guys are so stupid. But with, you, with Michael, he's he's after one person. But you just listed every every plot of every horror movie. Yeah, stupid teenagers. Stupid teenagers. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I don't think anyone has sex. That's like the number one carte blanche rule in a scary movie. That is true. Uh, the thing about Michael Myers that I will give you this, uh, Michael Myers was one of those just slow burns, yeah. I guess. He kind of caught up with you. He doesn't run after you. He slowly walks, and that's that's scary because you're running, and you can't find a hiding spot because he will find you. <sighs> you're going to make me have to go to with Halloween, aren't you? Uh, go with Because we all know you're not going to change your mind. <laughs> It's your way or no way. So bend to my will, Dave. Bend. Okay, I I will go with Halloween because of that fact that Michael Myers is one of these guys that is just I I will catch that, you. That and he has more movies. I will catch you. It doesn't matter how <laughs> fast you run. Yeah. You could drive a car for twenty miles and crash it and run out of gas, and I'll still be behind you. Yeah, he's kind of like the like a Hannibal Lecter type of intelligence killer. Maybe the Energizer Bunny of horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that one, I guess we're going to go with Halloween. What's next? Up next, we have The Strangers. 
Released in 2008, a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three unknown assailants. And its opponent, Friday the 13th, Part 2. Five years after the events of the first film, a summer camp next to the infamous Camp Crystal Lake is preparing to open, but the legend of Jason is weighing heavy. And action. Okay, I... I Look. You gotta go with Jason on no, this. No, I do not. Yes. No, I do not. And you are at a disadvantage. I'm at a disadvantage. Yes. I don't even know what the strangers is. That's why you're at a disadvantage. I you you've explained it to me like a couple of times, and it's basically like, hey, let's go pick on the neighbors. If you believe that a guy can die and come back to life over and over and over again to terrorize people at a camp. You know these movies aren't real. Dave. I understand that. That's <laughs> if we're where basing the... everything off of, off of like realism, then like none of Child's Play would have lost. But that's where the Strangers has you beat. Okay, explain. The Strangers is one of those movies that, in a messed up world that we live in, could actually happen. There are no feats of. Unbelievable strength. Nobody comes back from the dead. It is three people that terrorize two people in a house you over an used evening. This argument with the last movie, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that could have been that could really happen. But you chose to use it for this. Yes, because this I movie? feel this strongly about it. Okay, this movie is just creepy. It really is because you watch this okay, creepy or scary. Both. Okay. Have you never been creeped out over something? I've been I've been creeped out looking at you a few times. Okay, but <laughs> I've never been that scared aside, of you. That aside, we're talking about horror movies, scary movies, I not am, creepy movies. And I we're am not talking, talking about, about the creep a next movie. Door. I am talking about a movie that, in its basis, could actually happen. Okay. And you can't bring up Texas Chainsaw Massacre because that's not this round. It uh, was last round. Yes. So we're moving on. Yeah. The fact that The Strangers is a movie that could actually happen makes it scary beyond belief. That's it's just if why don't they believe, just call it the Manson family? If you want to believe the story of a man that can come back from the dead to terrorize campers over something that you, could you actually happen. You don't have happen. a very strong argument. You don't you're, either, but you're no. still here. Yeah. You're standing on one leg and it's leaning on a chair. I'm just telling you. It and could like happen. Said, it I could have happen. seen I have seen the Friday the thirteenth movies. Yeah. You have as well. Yeah. I have seen The Strangers. You haven't. So you don't even know what I'm talking about. You're describing basically the Manson family. They went and killed people at their neighbors. Okay, that's are we going are saying. we going the strangers up against the Manson family? No, you're okay. yes, but that's your argument. It, because it actually happened. So once I, again, you're proving <laughs> my point. It no. is something that can happen. Yeah, and it has. And it's scary. Oh, Dave, I, I don't agree with you, but if I don't, I'm going with you because we'll be here forever. Amen. I finally won one. Write this down. <laughs> All right, what's next? Released in 1987, Hellraiser follows a woman who discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings. And his opponent... Bram Stoker's Dracula. Released in 1992, the centuries-old vampire, Count Dracula, comes to England to seduce a woman and inflict havoc in the foreign land. And action. 
Hellraiser to me was just a gore fest. Yeah, that's why they were made. Yeah, it was like a uh, off of uh, like uh, fetishes. And, and it's and it, the the scarier, sadder thing about the whole thing is, it's Clive Barker and Clive Barker. That's what he lives for. Yeah, and I. <sighs> I watched the first one with kind of a morbid curiosity, I guess I should say. Sure, sure let's go with that. It, but <laughs> after that, I just I kind of lost interest in him. And Bram Stoker's Dracula is is really a classic. It's you know it's not an original tale. It is uh, it's scary, and I'm gonna have to go with Hellraiser. You're really gonna have to go with Hellraiser. I'm going over with Dracula. Hellraiser. Yeah. Okay. What's your what's your argument? What's my? Oh, well, you want to hear my argument? Yeah, I, that's what this is all about. Let's <laughs> okay, hear your Dracula, argument. Dracula, yes, it's you know it's a classic story, but it's basically a guy who is looking for love and it goes horribly wrong. That's basically the Dracula movie. Some might say Hellraiser is kind of the same thing. It is, but there, there's more. <laughs> there's it's not just Hellraiser. He, there's other beings that are torturing people, and you know they're trying to better themselves by torturing people and. It's just a gory horror movie. You know, it's a classic movie versus a non-classic movie is what basically what we're doing with this one. And I got to go with Hellraiser. Well, and the thing about Hellraiser too is, could you just it, imagine going through that makeup with it all? It made the everybody. Pins? It made everybody fear a box. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so sort of a uh, a Pandora's box, if you will, and that that's the best thing. What was the one of the lines that? I will show you pleasures that you've never seen before. Yeah. No, dude, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you're not going to do that. Come on, dude. I thought I I thought this movie was one of the, probably one of the goriest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it was scary. And it, it, it but it's gory. So I I'll go A with gory Hellraiser. Movie can be scary. I'll go with Hellraiser on this one, but yeah, it's just it's not one of my favorites. Okay. All right. What's next? Next, we have a matchup featuring the Poltergeist. Released in 1982, a family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. And its opponent, the 1973 release, The Exorcist. When a young girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks help of two priests to save her daughter. And action. When we were coming up with this list, we came to The Exorcist. Yeah. And, and I, I, I said, I can honestly remember The Exorcist being one of those movies that just has stuck with me. I can say the same thing about Poltergeist. And Well, and there are scenes in Poltergeist, uh, <coughs> chicken in the bathroom scene. That one <laughs> sticks with me as well. Yeah. And clowns. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, plus, we were talking about the fact that with a with my strong Catholic upbringing when I was younger, uh, the Exorcist movie was just unbelievably scary to me. And then I kind of got a little older, and Poltergeist came out, and it kind of checked off all the boxes. To be totally honest with you, it was a being that you really can't see. I mean, you can, but you can't see it. Yeah, and it also kind of started a whole, you know, the monster and the TV coming thing. Mm -hmm. And then the, like I said, the the scene in the bathroom where the, after the guy is eating the chicken, yeah, that sticks with me. And that clown, that clown will stick with me until the day I die. <laughs> and as God is my witness, I will continue to say this: that clown is every bit as scary as as Pennywise. Yeah. And especially when it changes. Yeah. When this movie came out, I, I you know I was a little kid, 
and it scared the crap out of me. You know, you know the whole carry in, carry in. Oh my gosh! And the TV, you know, whenever you know, growing up, you know, it's not like today where you turn on the TV and if there's no signal, it's just a blank screen. Right. Back then, you know, you got that you got fuzz. Snow. Yeah, you know, and it was so scary. You know, it's like, you know, like it made you scared of white noise. Now, now people sleep with white noise. Back yeah. back in the day, you're like, nope. No. Nope. Not doing that. Yeah. Not doing that. God, and the second one was scary, too. Well, it's the old man. Yeah, yeah, the old creepy. Um, you're all going to die yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Don't go towards the light. I don't know. I, 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 for so, that. So, so which one are you going with? Both movies harken back to my childhood let's put it that way i i i guess i gotta go with poltergeist on this yeah. one because yeah it, there are so many things in it yes the exorcist bugs me and it's it's still a, a tremendously good scary movie See, but the exorcist didn't bug me that much yeah it's because you're a heathen well yeah <laughs> but so okay so we're gonna go with the poltergeist poltergeist for that round up next it Released in 2017, it's about the summer of 1989 and a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster known as Pennywise. And its opponent, Train to Busan, released in 2016. A zombie virus breaks out in South Korea and passengers struggle to survive on the train to Busan. And action. All right, so now I'm at a disadvantage on this one. I have heard of Train to Busan. I've seen parts of it. I have never seen the whole movie put together. But I have seen it. I've seen both. And th this is a hard one because it is really scary. At Train to Busan, Busan, Busan sorry. Um, it was also horrifying because uh, when I used to live up north in the city, you know, I, take, I took the tracks. Uh, everywhere and you know and then watching this movie it's basically you stick your head out you look around and there's you know the train station's completely empty and you're slowly walking out to see if everything's okay and then oh heck break solution you gotta run back well and i i think it really kind of hits on a lot of spots um i mean being trapped on a train with that yeah yeah there there was a few carts that were uh infected um they had to build basically like a luggage wall and then they had to get through the luggage wall and then the end of the movie it's it's just it's just sad and heartbreaking but you know go i won't spoil it go see it it's a good good movie but find that one and watch it and and as far as it is concerned it's just scary clown it yes once again it is scary clown. this is a hard one because they're both horrifying to me scary clown and uh stephen king just knows how to do it he yeah. does, and it's nowhere near what the 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 one with Tim Curry was. Mostly because that was once again that was, was a, a made for TV movie, yeah. and it was Tim Curry. But it still has all the same little stories, and and it was interesting that they couldn't get all of it in in one movie when it came to this because they had to do Chapter Two as well. Yeah, <sighs> it's a hard one. It is a hard one, and uh, I, I think I'm gonna have to go with. with Killer Clown. Killer Clown? Uh, yeah, that's where I was leaning, was was it. Because it's a very good movie. Yeah, you know, if Train to Bouchon was against any other movie, I would go with that. But it's Scary Killer Clown. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Okay, it, it is. Up next, 
The Blair Witch Project. Released in 1999, free film students vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind. And its opponent, Scream. Released in 1996, a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a masked killer who targets her and her friends by using scary movies as part of the deadly game. And action. <laughs> I, I, this is easy for me. It is because you hate Blair Witch. I do. I, I hate everything about that movie. I, I, I will say this for Blair Witch. You have to, and we've talked about this in the past, you have to take your hat off to them for the marketing of this movie. Whether yeah. you like the movie or not, it was marketed unbelievably. It was. It was. I just don't like the found footage type of film style. It makes me sick. And it, literally. Yeah. And it, it's, it's because, you know, that... Just too much they make shaking it, and hand movement. Right. And they make it look like they found all this movie footage and this is what really happened to this crew and, and this, that, and the other. And then it was really played up very yeah. well. Uh, probably one of maybe um, the time that it came out, maybe one of the first big movies that was was really pushed through the Internet. I yeah. think it had its own website before the movie came out and people you could go in and watch all this and read all this backstory of the Blair Witch and, and everything um, spawned a couple of of movies. The second one was no good. I, I after the first one, I just I was like, no, I'm done. So I. And then for for the other one, yeah, I don't, it's not going to be Blair Witch for me. I'm no, pretty sure. No. So what do you what do you think about both of them? Uh, well, like I said, I'm not going for Blair Witch because I absolutely hate everything about that. Mm -hmm. But are you going with Blair Witch or you? No, I'm not going to go with Blair Witch. Okay. Well, then I think we've made our decision. We've made our decision yep. on that one, and the winner is. I forgot what the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> you did too, didn't you? Oh, scream! Sorry, we're a bunch of idiots here in the studio. Yeah, we did. Now we flood up, flubbed up the. Sorry, audio. I, sorry, I had to yell. I had to scream at Jordan. <laughs> See what I did there? And the thing, the thing about the thing about scream that was, let's just kind of make this work if we can. What? Just pause, cut, start over on this yeah. one. You forgot the, the. I did. I was pushing it off. <laughs> I on could you. I could tell you pushing on me, and I was pushing on you. We're like. The hell is this? Oh yeah, so we'll just start um, uh, at. So which one do you pick? So which one do you pick? I gotta go with Scream. You know, Ghostface is more scarier than shaking cameras, and, and it really kind of launched. I mean, they're still making them. Yeah, they're still making them. So I yeah, I, I've got to go with Scream on this one. That was that was kind of an easy one. Yeah, I, I just remember the scene uh, in the theater where uh, the girl's acting on stage and her friend's up in the balcony and she's getting stabbed to death. And everyone's like, she's such a good actor. <laughs> there was a reason. <laughs> yeah. There was a reason She for was that. horrified. All right, scream it is. And for our last first round matchup, we start with the 1984 hit A Nightmare on Elm Street. A girl and a group of her friends are being tormented by a clawed killer in their dreams named Freddy Krueger. The kids must think fast as Freddy tries to pick them off one by one. And its opponent, The Ring. 
Released in 2002, a journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it. And action. So this one for me is pretty easy as well. Um, the ring, you got to tip your cap to the ring because they kind of started this whole lineup of, you know, like uh, Asian horror movies that kind of yeah. transcended and came over and they made English versions of them and, and those kind of things. But I, I think the girl in the ring stands no shot against Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. You know, the, the ring definitely did spawn a lot of uh, uh, scary movies like that. Uh, my... my uh, most scariest one of that kind of genre is the grudge you know it's same same concept it's a story about uh you know they see something or they watch something or they they go somewhere they're not supposed to and they basically get haunted by a being that basically tries to kill them so very simple freddy wins the day and the night apparently yeah he will stab you so you've gotta you've gotta put it together and get ready for that one so there is the first leg of this uh, March, we'll call it October Madness. How's that? October Madness! We'll, talk, we'll call it October Madness. So uh, next week we're going to be talking about this again. And your, uh, you know, we've got the lineups ready to roll. I've got, it looks like we've got Child's Play is going to go up against Halloween. Ooh. So this gives you something to think about. The Strangers will go up against Hellraiser. Oh, got to do some research there. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like It will go up against Poltergeist. And then Scream will go up against Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Looking forward to that one next week. This be crazy. All right. We'll talk to you then. Take care.